The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hope you're having a great week. I'm very excited to bring you a little bonus episode, which is a, an audible sweet treat, if you will, to tickle your ears and make you giggle while you're running around and chasing your kids or, I don't know, organizing your closet or hell, jerking off, doing whatever you're doing. We had such a great positive response from the earlier episode this week, uh, which is one of my favorite yearly roundups, if you will. Uh, I had everybody call into the hotline and it's our absolutely not line. If you're new to the podcast, I have an absolutely not line where you can call in and just bitch about anything. Uh, But this this week was our post-Thanksgiving wrap up. And honestly, I could have done a six hour episode, uh, but we had so many great voicemails and so just so much unhinged shit that happened to so many of my listeners. I wanted to give you a bonus episode this week. So we'll make it short and sweet. We'll get right into it. But thank you guys for always being so supportive and calling into the hotline. But if you had some crazy drama happen to you over the holiday, keep calling into the hotline. I will keep adding the voicemails each episode that we go through up into Christmas. Because I'm going to tell you this right now, it's only going to get wilder. Like Thanksgiving was one thing, but you know the real religious holidays are coming up. So that is a time for everybody to really throw in their opinions and stir the fucking pot. But some of these voicemails, dude, were just fan-fucking-tastic. And, you know, listen, I, I always say try and give your family, try and give yourself some grace, but we're all just trying to figure it out. We're all just trying to figure it the fuck out. But there's nothing better than putting a bunch of people that are blood-related and or not under one roof with copious amounts of alcohol and just saying, hey, everybody, try not to kill each other. All right, let's get into the voicemails, and I hope you enjoy this bonus edition of the podcast. But let's just get into it. Let's fucking get in to it. Here we go. Here is the first voicemail. Hey, Heather, this is Claire. Um, I'll make it quick because I tried to call earlier and it got cut off. Absolutely not to cremating cats on Thanksgiving. Okay? Um, this is my Thanksgiving write-in. So we went down to my boyfriend's family, my first time being there for the holiday. And you know what? First Thanksgiving there. His dad says to my boyfriend, hey, by the way, the cat died and you got to tell your sister. We're down at Dart, playing Dart's local country club basement with his Spanish teacher when he told us this. We're with a bunch of whatever. Anyways, so we tell his sister, she scream cries on Thanksgiving, two hours about this cat. Then she finds out the cat's buried. She wanted the cat cremated. So we drive out in the dark at night, dig this cat up seven feet under. We have to dig it up, bring it to the cremator. My first holiday with them. I'll spare you all the details because I got, yeah, whatever, but. Anyway, my first my first holiday. You got any advice for me, Heather, on just digging up this cat, cremating cats on Thanksgiving? I just don't know. Is this a sign for the rest of my relationship? What do you think about this? My boyfriend was nice as ever, though, and he was apologizing, so all the love to him. But anyways, Heather, what do you think about this? Love you, girl. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I love you so much. Come to Minneapolis soon. All right. Bye. Don't you know, I love Minneapolis and I love this voicemail. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this right now. This, this soon to be sister-in-law, this sister of your, of your boyfriend, she seems like a hot red flag. I mean, that is like Cheeto dust red. It is, 
she's going to be a fucking nightmare for the rest of your life. So buckle up. But if as long as you go into this relationship any further, knowing what a liability she is, you're going to be fine. First and foremost, as I'm a cat lover, so this is not me being insensitive towards the cats because I get it. I've had a cremated cat. We've had multiple cats. You know how many cats I've rescued over my 36 years of being on this earth? A fuck ton. Probably too many cats. Actually, if you statistically added it up, somebody, someone might go, that's too many fucking cats. We got a cat right now, Delta, who's just, you know, 15 years strong and she's, she's the best. But I, so I get it. I'm very empathetic towards cat owners. But let me tell you, first of all, the family, the way they went about everything was absolutely dead ass wrong. You don't tell the sister. You don't tell the sister till after. And if she's like, where's Kitty? Where's Mittens? Oh, Mittens needed to get some vaccines and they just wanted to keep her overnight for observations at the vet. That's that's what the family should have said. Mittens is somewhere else at the moment. They should not have told the daughter that Mittens was, was seven feet under. All right, because she clearly makes everything about herself anyways. Like your boyfriend wasn't also going to be mourning Mittens. Of course he was. Like mom and dad weren't going to be upset about Mittens. But no, of course it's the fucking sister who has a shit fit that Mittens, you know, needed to be cremated rather than buried. Also, God forbid we just let Mittens rest in peace. God forbid we let the kitty cat just slowly decompose back into the earth the natural way in which it came. You know, the circle of fucking life. But you got a sister, this sister I'm sure is named Rachel, you know, and, and I'm sure your boyfriend warned you. He's like, listen, my sister Rachel's a fucking psycho. But you're like, how bad can she be? You know what I mean? And then you roll up. You're, I, I think in the voicemail you said you were downstairs or you're at the country club playing darts with his Spanish teacher. I don't know what that relationship is, but you know what? Lo siento, mi español es muy malo. Regardless, I mean, my God, there are some things at the holidays you should bury deep. You know, there were moments where I probably wanted to say something to somebody in my family and I didn't. I buried it deep. Why? Because I want to digest my food in a non-stressful way. And I knew if I bitched at them, it would then make the acid reflux flare and we'd be shit out of luck. I mean, you got to pick your battles, people. So you're telling me this bitch causes a scene, then you guys got to drive out to the damn cemetery or the backwoods, wherever this poor kitty cat rest in peace, is trying to do its final resting because she's got to scoop it up to then cremate it. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. One of my cats, God, rest in peace, Kramer. Rest in peace, Kramer. We had like a 30-pound cat. Kramer died, okay, in the middle. It was like 2 a.m. And my mom and I were home. Jeff was in New York working. And he just laid down next to the litter box and just... You know, and I walked in there. Well, no, my mom walked in there and was screaming. She goes, Heather, I think Kramer's dead. And I go in there and there's a 30 pound cat. I mean, this thing looks like a damn Yosemite raccoon. And Kramer had his tongue out and his eyes open. And I said, fuck, he's dead. I mean, also very thoughtful of him just to, to conk out next to the litter box. So I got a big plastic bin, put him in it. And I called Jeff, panicked. I said, what do I do? He goes, you're going to go out in the backyard. You're going to bury Kramer. I'm like, it's 2 a.m. It is January. I'm not burying the cat right now. Also, the neighbors are going to think something is sus. Doesn't make sense. So I ended up putting him in a cool little, like a, like a giant plastic bin and it was cold enough in the garage. He would stay fresh. And I took him to the vet the next day and it happened to be, what holiday was it? It was a cold holiday. Was it President's Day? MLK Day was something. And I went up to this real country vet and they say, honey, we're not going to charge you. It's MLK Day and nobody should have to 
to bury their kitty on MLK Day. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) You know, the cat, I mean, the cat wasn't black. You know, I'm just saying like the cat was tabby. And I just, regardless, I, I also say, you're right. You shouldn't have to bury anybody. You know, we should be celebrating MLK Day. But the way she said it, she's like, I'm going to tell you this right now. Nobody should ever have to bury their kitty on MLK Day. I'm sorry for your loss. And I was like, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You're right. Whether it be Flag Day, President's Day, or MLK Day, you should never have to bury your kitty. You know what you should also not have to do? Go to your boyfriend's house and have his unhinged sister make you re unearth the body and then take it down to a vet and have to cremate. You know what I mean? I didn't know how to bury a cat, so I took it to the vet. And she said, nobody should ever have to get rid of their kitty on MLK Day. And I said, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll tell you right now, this cat, you know who this cat, if this cat was a not a cat and a human would have marched with? MLK. And you get it. And she was a white woman too. And we both kind of looked at each other and we were just like, this cat was not racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I didn't know what to say. I was like, you're right. And I thought it was touching. You know, I just didn't understand how that specific holiday translated to, you know, the fact that that wasn't, that wasn't acceptable for my cat to have died on that day. I didn't, I didn't get the connection, but either way, I just said, yeah, it's just, it's any day of celebration of a beautiful life. And MLK was a great person. And I just thought, I'll never forget. She just, she put her arm on my car and she goes, let me tell you right now, nobody should ever have to bury their kitty on MLK day. Now you have a good one. You know what I mean? And she like hit the side of my jet and I was like, you're right. Didn't charge me. And that's a woman of God. Now that, that's a fearless leader in your community. But of course, you've got this boyfriend and he's got a sister, Rachel. I mean, first of all, you're already eating poultry on Thanksgiving. You're you're a little kitty adjacent. You know, you're a little kitty adjacent. And she's making the whole family. Also, side note, you couldn't have sat this one out. At no point could you have been like, hey, I'm uncomfortable going to unearth the dead cat. This is not my fight. This was y'all's family cat. I'm going to sit this one out and catch up on the housewives. I mean, I I do think at some point you probably needed to have spoken up for yourself, but hindsight's always 20-20. Or you're a freak like me and you're like, I want to go. I want to go see what, what's about to happen. Because again, when you have a crazy fucking sister-in-law or whatever, you're like, I don't want to deal with this. And you know, you always bitch to your friends. You're like, oh, my sister-in-law is the worst. Or, oh, my my boyfriend's sister or my boyfriend's brother, whomever, that one other relative is the worst. But secretly in your mind, you're kind of excited when they come over because you're like, this shit's about to be popping off. But dude, oh, the parents fucked up. You never tell an unhinged sister named Rachel that the cat died at Thanksgiving. You wait for a random Tuesday. She's at work, you know, or she's in nursing school. And you've already thought six ways to Sunday how she should never, ever be in charge of other humans because she can't physically and emotionally control her own feelings. So how is she going to give somebody a banana bag of IVs if they're dehydrated if she can't handle her own feelings? You know that she should have some sort of administrative job. She cannot and should not at any point be front-facing, forward-facing out to the general public. She's not ready for it. Or maybe on the flip side, she'll be a great nurse. But it's the interpersonal relationship she can't handle. I don't know. Maybe this sister, future sister-in-law is one of those gals who will be great helping other people, but she can't help herself. I don't know. Maybe she's selfless and we need to give her a second chance. But either way, the cat being fucking cremated on Thanksgiving was a no. 
you know what? Two dates. Two dates you don't cremate cats. Thanksgiving and MLK. And if you do otherwise, you need to check yourself. What do you really believe in? Yeah, yeah, think about it. Wow. Nothing worse than cremating a fucking cat. I'll tell you what. It's dramatic. It's dramatic. However, which way you slice it. No pun intended. I didn't mean to say slice. Regardless. But I love that your boyfriend, listen, I do have to give you a little sage advice. He was embarrassed. He knew, you know, he's been, give him some slack. He's been dealing with this shit his whole life. He's like, oh, good, Rachel. You know, make him feel good, but also just know this is probably going to haunt you for your entire life if you stay with them. But I hope, I hope you have a beautiful marriage. I hope you guys stick together. In any season, but especially this one, the sweaters are the it item. Okay, I am in a cozy sweater right now and I'm live, laugh, loving my life because I love cashmere. And the cashmere half zip up from Jenny Kane is such a cool everyday staple. They're back in the must-have shades and you can bet I am adding both to my cart as soon as possible. Okay, if there's one thing that I'm gonna treat myself to or with this year, it is with Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane sweaters, okay? They're so comfortable and I can truly live in them all season long. They're my absolute favorite thing to also gift to other people during the holidays because, you know, we're at that age right now, like if you get a gorgeous stunning sweater that, you know, fits beautiful and it's going to be cozy and it's going to make you feel great and it's going to make you feel like you have quiet luxury, then we're so fucking into it, okay? I don't know a single person who doesn't want to have the gift of feeling like they're in a Nancy Myers movie in one box. Jenny Kane is known for their super luxe yet lightweight sweaters and trust us, they do cashmere better than any one. The Cashmere Fisherman and the Cashmere Cocoon Cardigan are best sellers in every season, but I'm always most excited to style them each fall and winter. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. I love all of Jenny Kane. I'm telling you, it's the best of the best. Gift yourself and your loved ones the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code ABSOLUTELY at JennyKane.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com and use code ABSOLUTELY. Let's getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. We love it. Again, that's JennyKane.com. Use code ABSOLUTELY. Let's face it, the holidays are stressful. And under our reindeer sweaters, we're stressed sweating about gifts, cooking, whatever that one opinionated uncle has to say about the next. Okay, we already know. The holidays are so busy. Luckily, no matter how stressful it gets, we can all still smell incredible with Lumi. Let me tell you about Lumi. I love it. I wore Lumi while I was shooting my special. It kept me so dry. Lumi is a game-changing whole-body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to not only work on pits, but also feet, privates, and beyond. No matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block over all day and thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula, they've got over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. This holiday season, cross BO off your list of things to worry about. Lumi has you covered. Listen, right now I've got a special offer, okay? New customers get $5 off Lumi Starter Pack with our exclusive code. And for a limited time, returning customers can get $5 off their next purchase of $30 or more too. We love this. Use code ABSOLUTELY5, that's absolutely the number five, at lumideodorant.com. I'm going to spell it out for you. L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. That's LumiDeodorant.com. Again, that's LumiDeodorant.com. Use code ABSOLUTELY5. I love Lumi. It is unbelievable. I'm telling you, it is the freaking best of the best. And control body odor anywhere with at Lumi Deodorant and get $5 off your starter pack. That's over 40% off with promo code ABSOLUTELY5 at LumiDeodorant.com. Hashtag LumiPod. Again, that's LumiDeodorant.com. You're welcome. Let's get to the next voicemail. Hi, Heather. This is Aaron from Texas. 
I am in a Home Depot parking lot with my children while my husband's inside um, getting a plunger. A plunger? Why do you ask? It's because my father-in-law has come in town and he uh, stopped up the toilet and tried to blame it on our six-year-old. Yes, he blamed the doo-doo stopping up our toilet upstairs on the six-year-old. Absolutely not to that. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, dear sister friend, I'm going to tell you right now, I would do the exact same thing. I do not blame your father-in-law. If you think that I, having a hard doo-doo, would not blame a more youthful person in the home, then you must not know the kind of trickery and tomfoolery that I've been up to. I mean, listen, do you blame him? No. Did everybody know? that grandpa did the doo-doo. Of course, we always know. When in doubt, if if a pipe bursts, if there is some sort of plumbing issue in the home, we always know it's most likely going to be on the male side of the family. We automatically, and I hate to uh, stereotype genders, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's usually because some male in the home had a hard shit. And it is. I'm not trying to be crass. Everybody knows this. I mean, we have a lot of uh, bathrooms in our home, and that's not like a humble brag. It's just for for some reason in our home, we have a lot of bathrooms, okay? And my husband would clog this one toilet in our basement. And it was like between the gym and my office. And I'd always just be like, there's a million, you already know that for some reason that this toilet is delicate. Why this one? During COVID, we had to have a plumber come out like six different times. And Jeff was just like, I like to shit in the basement. And also, if you're from Pittsburgh, shout out to all the Yinzers. Our buddy Cam told us that apparently it's a big Pittsburgh thing to just have a random toilet. Shout out to Josh McCuga too. He's from Pittsburgh. He also told us that there was always just a random toilet in an unfinished basement. Not four walls. It would just be in the middle of the room on a concrete slab. So if you're from Pittsburgh and you know about this random rogue basement toilet with no doors, not even a, a little spoolie for toilet paper. I guess you just had to kind of shake off and, and you know, he- head to the Stoller's game. But either way, some of y'all live a renegade life. And I love Pittsburgh, but that's insane. I mean, you're innovative with the steel, but my God, you, I mean, you don't even have a, a door to the toilet in the basement. But what is it with men in these basement toilets? And see, if you don't have a basement, if you live in like Arizona or someplace that doesn't have a basement, in Georgia, we all have basements. That's just how we live our life. And they're all finished. And if they're unfinished, you're poor. You know, no, I'm kidding. But everybody has a finished basement. Okay, that's just what you do. Everybody in the South has a finished basement. That's where you hung out. Whose basement were you in? It was finished. It was nice. That's just what you did. You know, you went to somebody's finished basement, but for some reason, everybody's dad, uncle, brother, cousin would blow up the the finished basement bathroom. And it was like a rule of thumb. Like that toilet is already fragile. I don't know why, but the basement toilet cannot handle the same as the one in the hall upstairs. They know the rules, but every time we're going through the same bullshit, literally, But so, okay, let me get this straight. You're sitting in a Home Depot parking lot right now because your father-in-law wanted to blame it on the kid. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I know it's an absolutely not. I know it's already, you know, and you're telling your husband, like, your father needs to deal with this. And he's like, my dad takes hard shits. And ever since my mom left him, things haven't been the same. So you know what, Marie? Be a little kinder. Like, I already know the conversation that you're having in this Home Depot. And I don't know why I've made everybody either from Pittsburgh or New York. But, you know, just your husband's, 
Your husband is trying to sympathize because he feels bad that the father-in-law is on his own because the mom left him because he probably drinks too much. Like, I get it. I get that chain of events. But just, you know what? Just let it go. Let it go. He clogged the toilet. Also, how do you how do you not already have plungers? First thing I buy in a new place, a plunger. Do you know that one time I was in a hotel room with Jeff? We were like early dating and I had a situation and I couldn't get, we were at a nice hotel and I couldn't get the toilet to, to flush. And I was not about to call down to like the Ritz Carlton. Like I wasn't about to call housekeeping and say, I need a plunger. So I went around to a CVS and I bought a bunch of other stuff in like, so I could cover it in the bags. Cause you know, plunger is just awkward. How, how they haven't come up with one that's like, you know, can be hidden. And so I'm walking around and I had to, I plunged the toilet, fixed the problem. And then I, I also bought a bath towel, like a beach towel at the CBS and I wrapped up that plunger and I disposed of the plunger in a way that I, I will never be able to speak of. But that's because I wasn't about to ask for help. So I get it. I get it. I mean, there's a shame. There's a shame around, you know, the things that happen to your body after having Thanksgiving. I really, I really feel bad for your father-in-law. And remember, you know, his wife left him. You got it. Honestly, honestly, go the other way. Show him a titty and say, it's okay. You know what I mean? Be a good person. Let's get to the next voicemail. Hi, Heather. This is Sarah in San Diego. I have a Thanksgiving absolutely not for you. So absolutely not to my stepdad asking my mom to make him a sandwich in the middle of her slaving away over Thanksgiving dinner. Like, read the room, Chad. Not the time to ask for a sandwich. Wait until dinner like the rest of us. I don't know what these men have the audacity of, but I just had to tell you. So anyways, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully just smoked duck was good. And I'm thankful for you and all the giggles you give me. Ciao from San Diego. Ciao, my little San Diego angel baby. I'll tell you what, I've noticed this a lot and obviously I'm married, but men's, and you know, this is a, this is a man, man friendly podcast. Okay. I'm not here to shit on you guys, but there are days where I realize that Jeff does have such an inability to read the room. I'm like, how do you not know how to read the room? Read the fucking room, read the fucking room, read the room. You know, I'll kid, we'll be at dinner with another couple and I could tell there's tension with the other couple and so I'll kind of kick Jeff under the table and he's like, why are you kicking me? I'm like, read the fucking room, Jeff. Read the fucking room. Read the room. You know, and, and it's this thing where guys really are, it's, they have a one-track mind. They're concerned about what they're concerned about and I have to constantly gently remind Jeff, hey, honey, Okay, so your friends are coming in town. You need to A, make plans. You need to B, make dinner reservations. You need to just go ahead and be three steps ahead of this because that way, A, it'll cut out the middleman of them bitching that you didn't make any reservations. You know that they're going to be upset that you can't go to dinner where you want to go because you didn't think about it. It's, it's, Jeff does whatever is comfortable and convenient for him. Doesn't mean he's not loving. Doesn't mean he's not incredible. Doesn't mean he's not caring, but all men, most of my girlfriends, the number one thing they bitch about with their husbands is just that like, well, whatever makes 
Tyler happy, whatever was convenient for Mark. And it's like, Women constantly are thinking, we're thinking outside of ourselves. I, I I think it's a genetic thing. It's just how we work. But as long as men are comfortable, as long as men are getting what their needs are met, then you're fine. So for your stepdad, which is already such a stepdad thing to do, and he could be a great guy, but for him to come in and be like, hey, toots, I'd love a, you know, I'd love a, a pressed Cuban sandwich. I love a Cuban. You know, it's difficult to make a Cuban sandwich in the middle of preparing for Thanksgiving because you know what are ingredients you probably don't have in that moment? A specific French bread, pulled pork, ham, you know, the, the perfect grain mustard, the exact Swiss or provolone cheese you need to make a Cuban. I love a Cuban. The pickles, all of it. Cubans are a very specific sandwich. And if your stepdad comes in while your mom is basting a turkey and says, I need a quick Cuban, that's when you got to pull your mom aside and go, it's a wrap. Even if you have a great relationship with your stepdad, you got to go, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Read the room. I mean, women can have a problem with reading the room too. You know, you, you always have that one, and it's usually our moms. I mean, everybody's bad at reading the room except me. I read the room hard. I go into a room and it, I encyclopedia that shit because I'm an empath. I don't know if you know this, but I feel the feelings. I can walk into a room and know exactly what's going on. I'm like, okay, this person hasn't shit in three days. She over here is upset because she's waiting for a phone call from her boss. It's probably nothing bad, but you know, she's a little antsy. Okay. This one over here probably thinks that he should leave his, his wife, but he's not gonna for the kids. This one over here is, you know, suffering because they may have taken a pill. They don't want to tell anybody that they're about to have a panic attack, but the pill hasn't kicked in. The beta blocker hasn't kicked in. So they're a little on edge. You know, I read it, dude. And i that's not saying I'm better than you. It's not saying it's a gift, but I can read a room, dog. I can read a room. And I can go into a room and either choose to, to read it and then report, or I can choose just to set shit on fire. You know what I mean? But come on, there is nothing worse than, you know, I was making this amatriciana the other day, which is my favorite pasta. I'm making this pasta. And Jeff comes in and he's like, have you seen my four cashmere sweaters that I bought at Nordstrom Rack the other day? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I can't think about that right now. And I will somehow come up with the correct answer. But in my heart of hearts, I'm like, why the fuck do you think in this moment with me cutting onions, you know, making crispy guanciale pancetta, do you think that I now know the exact location of your cashmere sweaters that you bought on your time with your dime that had never at any point grazed my hands. I have not touched them. I have not seen them. You texted me and said, hey, babe, I got four great cashmere sweaters at Nordstrom the other day. Thanks for reminding me to get, you know, because they were on sale. I never saw them. You just texted me, told me you had them. But somehow I'm supposed to know where your fucking sweaters are while I'm trying to make the best pasta of our life so we could relive a memory of being in Rome at one of our favorite restaurants, holding hands together, looking in each other's eyes. But now I'm just pissed because you need me to know where your cashmere sweaters are and I never even saw them. They could be ugly for all I know. I don't know. I don't have the answers. And I think as a woman, sometimes we're supposed to have the answers. And when we don't, that trips us up, right? Doesn't that trip us up a little bit? Think about it. You're a mom. You got a kid nagging at you today. Mom, 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 asking you questions. Then when you get older, you have your mom asking you, when are you going to do this? Why are you doing this? What should you do with this? Where are you guys going? What are you doing? Are you going to get it? And it's the questions all the time. 
And it's like sometimes whether the kitchen is your domain, whether your art studio is your domain, whether you're on a power walk, maybe you're driving your Suburban with 15 kids and that's when you're in the zone, whatever that is. Maybe you're at your high fucking job at Google and you're in your office fucking closing deals. Maybe that's your domain. But when somebody comes in and asks you something random, like you want Chipotle and you're like, I can't handle this right now. Read the fucking room. I told y'all earlier this week on the podcast, like I had a nervous breakdown. That's what I should have yelled. Read the room. And my sweet husband's just like, are you good? But because he asked me, are you good? It just sent me into a tizzy. Read the room, dude. Read the energy. I'm elbow thick and gravy right now trying to make a damn delicious feast for your ass. Read the room. I can't answer questions. And some might say that that's being a cunt, but I just think it's called keep your eye on the prize and know that when the chef is behind the line, you don't come looking for cashmere. Period. If I didn't have AG1 in my bag to take every morning, just one scoop of it and a little bit of water, I would not be able to survive the way I am. Listen, knock on wood, your girl's been feeling good for a while now because I have been diligent about taking my AG1. Athletic Greens is amazing. And I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave it a try a while ago. I think honestly at the tail end of COVID. And the next thing you know, we have so much of it in our house because we actively take it. Like I could be an AG1 dealer right now. All right. I love this stuff. Here's why I love it. Because with just one scoop, every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients of the highest quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. And it's delivered directly to me every month, so it's been super easy to make it a daily habit. One of the reasons why I have so much in my house is because I personally ordered it, and then my husband ordered it, my mom ordered it because we're all obsessed with it. So again, your girl's swimming in that AG1, and I'm taking it, and it's never made me feel better. I love it. It's just awesome. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash absolutely. That's athleticgreens.com slash absolutely. Check it out. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash absolutely. Whether you're under the weather, you're just running around, or hey, you just want to stay hydrated, Liquid IV is here for you, okay? I'm telling you, Liquid IV would make a great stocking stuffer because there's at no point during the holiday season, is somebody not going to go, man, I'm thirsty. Or man, I had too much to drink last night. I love liquid IV. Or hey, I'm just getting over being sick. You know what you can always use? Some hydration. The reason I love liquid IV is just one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, no artificial sweeteners, and zero sugar. Contains eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. It replaces sugar with the proprietary amino acid allulose blend. And um, I just love it. Liquid IV is absolutely delicious. I always have them in my bag no matter where I go, especially if I'm traveling, if I'm going to go out drinking, doing whatever, I always have a liquid IV in my purse. Grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code absolutely at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code absolutely at liquidiv.com. Again, that's liquid IV, so L-I-Q-U-I-D-I-V.com and use code absolutely. You're going to thank me later when you're feeling hydrated more than ever. Let's get into the next voicemail. Hey, Heather, second time around here um, for my Thanksgiving. Absolutely not, but absolutely not to my father-in-law saying that he would be grateful 
for grandchildren. And at this table, I basically choked on my red wine, trying not to spit it up. Um, and we just, my husband and I just laughed and we moved on. Um, and then like 10 minutes later, my husband's father proceeded to throw a piece of turkey across the fucking table to the dog. Same person who's asking for grandchildren. I wonder why there, there's no children in the house because it would be fucking chaos. And I know this because I'm married to his son who still does not know how to put his fucking clothes away. All right. Love you. Mean it. Thank you for calling, sister friend. Okay, here's the deal. That's also a read the room. There's nothing worse to when you have that pressure, especially being at the holidays, especially everybody sitting down at the same table and you've got any relative, whether it's an in-law, whether it's an aunt, a cousin, whomever that says, you know, we'd be grateful for y'all to have babies. Y'all to have babies. And you know what my response is to when people say that? I grab the edge of the table and I go, the world is on fire. You know what would be really irresponsible? <laughs> you know what would be really irresponsible to bring more kids into this world? That, that'll fuck them up. That'll scare them. Even if you're like, you know, you could be thick into the fertility process. But I love it. I love when people say, I'd be grateful for grandkids. Would you? Would you? Oh, great. I also am trying to pay off grad school that you encouraged me to go to. You know what I mean? You forced me to become an attorney. You forced me to become a doctor. And now you be grateful for grandkids? I haven't even finished my residency. And now you be grateful for grandkids? Hey, Bill, why don't you cut me a check for 400000 Because guess what? Orthodontist school is not exactly cheap, but I'm glad you'd be grateful for grandkids. You know, the audacity, and I have a lot of respect for my boomers, but we all know there's a couple rogue ones that have just, that the, the things that they are asking us for are just out of control. I asked my mom the other day, I'm like, mom, do you want a grandkid? And she kind of looked at me and she's like, you've been really bitchy recently because you're overworked and overtired. So no, Maybe if you take a cat nap, I'll take a grandkid, but you need it. You've been a real asshole. And I said, fair enough. She gets it. Thank God. Robin gets it. You know what? I'd be grateful for some grandkids. You know what I'd be grateful for? To be put under for about three and a half hours. My sweet husband had a tiny little procedure the other day. Okay. He had a little endoscope, which is where they take a tiny little camera. Okay. No bigger than I'd say, you know, a pair of these dingle dongles and they put it down your throat. They do have to put you under anesthesia when they're doing it. So obviously you don't like choke or have a, a gag reflex and try and pull this thing out. So they're trying to figure out what was going on. My husband's getting in a couple weeks his deviated septum fixed. He has old hockey injury. The guy hasn't been able to breathe out of one side of his face for like 20 years. Anyways, long story short. So he's doing all this testing and stuff beforehand to see if there's any other issues. Now my sweet, sensitive, sensitive angel baby husband got really emotional, a little choked up even. And I hope he's, he's um, well, yeah, I'm already sharing it, so tough titties. He was so cute. He was so sensitive. He had a little tear rolling down his cheek when I was taking him in. I said, honey, why are you crying? Why are you upset? And he's like, I just love you a lot. And if I don't wake up from this, I love you. Like, I just want you to know I love you. And I said, I love you more than anything. So tender. Now, Jeff has this traumatic experience of going under. When he was seven years old, he was getting his like tonsils out or something or his wisdom teeth. And he says it took him too long to come out of anesthesia. 
And I've done everything the past couple of days to prepare him for this procedure. I said, honey, now I want you to think about this, a core memory when you're little. Think about how hard it and difficult it is for little kids to come out of a nap, period. You know, think about when we're waking up our friends' kids and, you know, they're all groggy. They're groggy, period. So imagine then also being under anesthesia as a child and then waking up from that nap. Of course, you probably felt panicked. I said, Jeff, you're a 36-year-old adult. You got this. You're going to go under anesthesia. You're going to be fine. We roll up to the doctor's appointment and everybody in there was either getting a colonoscopy or an endoscopy. So everybody in there is like 65 and up. And I said, Jeff, you're the strongest soldier in here. The median age range right now in this waiting room is like 84. I said, you got this. I'm trying to make him laugh. We were laughing our asses off. I, I, I walked him through it. And, I, and finally, I got frustrated because he still was just being anxious about it, which I know was not the way to go about it. But I finally shook him and I go, I would love to go under anesthesia for four hours where no one could bother me and nobody could ask me a single question. And I could just feel restful. I love anesthesia. I went under anesthesia when I had to get my eggs taken out when we were doing IVF. And you know what? It was blissful. So just take the pills, take the drugs and go night night. And he literally was looking at me and he was like, okay, bitch, fine. And I literally said, woman the fuck up, Jeff. 10 minutes later, not even 10 minutes later, they bring me back. I walk into the recovery room and he's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I said, how do you feel? And he goes, that was so easy. That, wow, that was easy. And I was like, yeah, it was easy because I just gave you a Tony Robbins speech in the car. But finally, you know, at some point as a woman, you wear so many ads, you just get frustrated and you're like, I would love to be put under propofol and just sleep for four hours. I would love to not have my phone blow up with questions from a million people or a million people needing things from me. I would love to go night night. I'd love it. I would love it. And Jeff's like that. You know what? It was kind of relaxing and and it's like you felt like you were only under for five seconds. And I'm going through the checklist in my mind of all the things that I had told him before he went under, which were these things that he's now saying. And I said, I told I said all those things. He's like, Oh, you did? Oh, like it was an original thought. And I'm pushing him in the wheelchair to the car because he's a little, you know, it's a touch of groggy. And I was like, I'm gonna kill him. I'm just gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. And it's not that Jeff is not equally as encouraging or calms me down, but there are days where like the amount of encouraging I give to him to calm him down, to make him feel at ease, to make sure he feels comfortable. And I could be really nervous about something. He's like, oh, you got it. You got it, babe. You're going to be fine. Oh, please. You got it. I'll stop. He loves to do that. I'll stop. You're going to be fine. Meanwhile, this guy's, you know, I thought he was going to make a run for it. I literally thought it's like a, a bride running at the altar or pulling up to this hospital. And I thought he was going to literally dart out of the car for a minor procedure. I said, honey, somebody right now in this moment is being ripped tip to taint, giving birth. Somebody is having open heart surgery. Somebody just got mangled in a car accident. God forbid, like they're not even cutting you open. They're sticking a little tiny camera while you're <laughs> snoozing for three and a half minutes. I said, woman, the fuck up. And then he had the audacity to be like, you know, that felt like it only lasted three seconds. I'm like, I just said that. I just fucking said that. And I said, where'd you hear that from? And he's like, I don't know, original thought. And I was like, I'm going to kill you. So anyways, all of that being said, I, yeah, I love when the, the father-in-law is like, I'd be grateful for some grandkids. You're like, I got to deal with your son who isn't able to go under. 
who isn't able to go under minor anesthesia and you want me to somehow get pregnant, deal with my body stretching from here to high heaven, and then literally having at some point possibly my asshole falling out. And I know your son so well that he'll be in the corner being like, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. I don't do well with needles. I'm like, you're not getting the needles. I am. My mom said that when she was in the hospital giving birth to my sister, who's older, the anesthesiologist comes in to do the epidural. And my dad's hysterically crying. And she turns to my dad and she goes, why are you crying? And he just goes, we're getting a needle. We're getting a needle. And she's like, you're not. I am. And the needle's this long. And my dad was hysterical. We're getting a needle. We're having the baby. My mom's like, yeah, you're here, but I'm doing it. Relax. You know? Oh, of course you would, Bill. We'd be really grateful for, I would love a a child. Great. Well, then if you want to pay off all my student loans, then this is, I'm I'm making a a metaphorical father-in-law. If you want to pay off sweet Emily's Student loans, you know, she's in orthodontist school trying to trying to pass the bar. Maybe she's in law school. I don't know. Maybe she owns a tire empire. I don't know what she does. But yes, if you want to maybe give them a down payment for a house, because right now we're doing Thanksgiving in the apartment. Yes, then you could get a grandchild. I mean, the audacity of some of these, these parents, you know, the things they ask for, I'm like, but you can afford them. All right, you want a grandchild? Cut us a quick check and say, I'll pay for school something. My God, pitch in, Bill, pitch in. I would love a grandkid. Yes. And I would like for your son not to shit his pants every time they got to draw blood at our annual primary care physician checkup. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would love for your son not to have to stay home from work for six days for when he gets quote unquote diarrhea. Take a Pepto or an Imodium and get back on the job. Clock in because you know what? When I'm on a raging period and I'm just shitting all over the place, I don't get a day off. All right? So yeah. Yeah, you'd love a grandkid? Yeah, well, I would love not to deal with your son either. Okay? Riddle me this. Let's get to the next voicemail. Hi, Heather. Kelly from Indiana. My absolutely not this Thanksgiving is my husband waking up at 4.30 on Black Friday to go shopping like it's 2017 and he has to wait in line at 6 a.m. when there's nobody out there. So three Home Depots later, he comes home empty-handed and realizes that he didn't need to get up that early. So I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I'm tired and light and love. Bye. Light and love, love and light. I mean, anybody still doing the hardcore in-person Black Friday shopping, good for them. I got to say, though, you know what? If you still somehow secretly know these deals, good for you. But let's talk about Black Friday shopping. Remember back in the day, you would line up outside of a Best Buy and you were just fighting for a flat screen TV, fighting. People would camp out. They'd be on rotation. You had the whole family involved. They would set up little mini TVs so they could watch the Seahawks game. You know what I mean? People would bring them a potluck while they're sitting outside because they're like, dude, Uncle Jesse, Uncle Jesse's holding it down outside of the Best Buy. 
And, you know, you would literally be sitting at Thanksgiving dinner and, you know, Uncle Jesse's taking one for the team for the whole family and he's already been camping outside of the Best Buy and you're like, wait, hold on, everybody shut the fuck up. Uncle Jesse's calling the home line. And then you would put the, the home line, you'd hold it up but because you didn't have a speakerphone. And you're like, Jesse, what'd they say? How many are you allowed to get? And he's like, guys, I got bad news. They're, they said two per person. And everyone's like, no, we all need a new flat screen. No. Uh, remember when they put limits on things you could get on Black Friday? That used to be the jam. Now, my family was too lazy. I got to be honest with you. Robin would go line up at a Target. But when it came to electronics, she was like, forget it. I mean, she's at a Lowe's right now or a Home Depot trying to get us a new microwave because our microwave became demon possessed during Thanksgiving. It just it just started going was on a 30-minute timer. We couldn't open the door. We couldn't stop it. We had to turn off the breaker. Like, it literally became demon-possessed. So, but everybody had that one family member who just, he loved a challenge. It was always an Uncle Jesse, a Jerry, you know, Uncle Josh. It was always something like that. And he, I mean, dude, back in the early 2000s, when you would line up outside of a Best Buy, two and a half months before Black Friday was a fucking rush. Remember the videos of people going on a Walmart? Oh, dude, remember Tickle Me Elmo? For my younger generation that that is that does not know about this Tickle Me Elmo. Let me see. When did Tickle Me Elmo? What year? Tickle Me Elmo year. What year did that come out? Dude, 1996. All right, here's a fun fact. Tickle Me Elmo was released July 1996 with a supply of 400,000 units. The dolls sold well and remained widely available in stores until the day after Thanksgiving when they suddenly sold out. With Christmas shopping season approaching, Tyco Preschool ordered 600,000 more dolls from their suppliers. I remember seeing like like Channel 2 Action News doing a report about moms beating the shit out of each other outside of a Walmart or a Kmart. Y'all remember a Kmart? Damn, the Kmart layaway was the best thing on the planet. But regardless, it was an Elmo toy and you would grab the toy and it would tickle me Elmo. It was kind of, it was actually quite creepy. But kids had to have this fucking Elmo and they did a soft launch. Let's use some updated terminology. What what Tyco, which was the company who did it, Tyco Preschool did a soft launch in July, 1996. So then by the time Christmas came around and, and these moms had gotten wind, it came down wind that this was the hottest toy in the game. I'm going to tell you, I remember vividly 96. I was in the third grade. Yep, because 96 is when we had the Olympics here in Atlanta. Summer Games, 96. I remember, and I was too old for a Tickle Me Elmo. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm already on to Spice Girls memorabilia and shit. I was too old. But I remember. I mean, it was Fox 5. It was Channel 2 Action News. It was 11 Alive. Every local station was outside of a Kmart, a Walmart, a Target. And these, they were like, seven moms. Seven moms got in a brawl over at the last Tickle Me Elmo. And you would see footage of grown women. It didn't matter what race, religion, creed, spirituality, sexuality you were. Everybody, all hands on deck, were equally fighting over the same fucking toy. And it was wild. I mean, you thought it was a scene from Braveheart or from Gladiator. And you see two moms, one Latina woman, you know, one Asian lady. And they're just screaming, ripping these toys apart. 
And, and, and the managers of the Kmart would be outside just screaming like, we don't know what the fuck is going on. And then you'd see some bitch, some, you'd see a Karen, a white privileged Karen. They'd like, you know, they'd take the camera crew to the back of the Kmart and somehow because she had used her privilege, she had paid off a couple of the stock boys and she's got her Toyota van. Y'all remember those very specific Toyota vans that look like spaceships? They were just like very, um, rectangular and cylindrical at the same time. And she'd be just like looking at the stock boys, like put them in, put them in. And you, the camera crew would be like, ma'am, how many tickle, El- tickle me almost do you have? And she would be in like a Lily Pulitzer, but it would be a Lily Pulitzer Paisley Christmas sweater with a jingle jangle around her neck. And she'd be like, I'll never tell. And then there'd be another, you know, 60 minute report. We are like our white women stealing the tickle me Elmo's from the diversity in Kmart. And you're just like, what is happening? And then a month and a half later, these kids were like, fuck these toys. Yeah. If you never lived through the Tickle Me Elmo Black Friday extravaganza, the extravaganza, you didn't know. What are some other things? Let me look up real quick. Most fought over Black Friday history. Okay. Okay, so this is Black Friday through the years. This is the top 10 toys that people would, oh, Beanie Babies, duh. Dude, you already know. I'm not going to repeat myself, but if you're just tuning into the podcast for the first time, I used to buy Beanie Babies out of a white van on the side of Lawrenceville Highway, which is kind of sketchy in Georgia, and my mom didn't think twice about it. We used to pull up to this guy's van. His name was Ron, and we would buy Beanie Babies from him. Insane. All right, what's another toy? Ooh, ooh. Ooh, dude, sky dancers. All right, this is has a list of the top 10 things that people would fight over. Okay, if y'all don't remember what a sky dancer was, and again, these are very nostalgic. It was this toy. It looked like a fairy. And she, and you would pull this string, right? Like pull almost like a yo-yo string. And she would spin up and she would launch. She would launch off and she would dance through the sky. Kind of like a boomerang. And you'd go grab her. She would just kind of fall in a bush. And then you go grab her and you put her back on the thing and you'd wind her up again and she would sky dance. Yeah. Bunch of white moms fighting over a sky dance. Tickle Me Elmo's on there. Dude, remember Toys R Us? Ugh, remember FAO Schwartz? You knew you were a rich Home Alone kid if you got to go to FAO Schwartz. Toys R Us? Pokemon Go? Now, I was never a Pokemon kid, but I was a Pogs kid. And if y'all don't know what Pogs are, Pogs are almost like these little, these little, um, silver dollars and you throw them down and whatever, whatever pogs flipped over, that's the pogs you got to keep. It taught kids early gambling was pretty great. I'm like, oh dude, when PlayStation 2 came out, I mean, we, we already live in such a materialistic, you know, consumerism society, but when you actually had to put hand over fist, foot in front of the other to go fight somebody in a Best Buy parking lot. That's honestly when I think humanity was actually thriving at its best. Because nowadays, everybody hides behind the screen. Oh, you got a lot of words. You're going to hide behind the screen. Back in the day, you used to show up outside of a Toys R Us ready to, you know, fight. 
and the kids would be involved. Dude, if you had a teenager that was like a preteen, like if you had an 11-year-old son and you're trying to get a PS2, you're like, listen, I already told you Santa's not real, okay? You're 11. You should have known this a long time ago. Regardless, if you want this PS2, me and your dad are going to fucking fight. So are you ready? And the kid's got a baseball helmet on and he's like, let's fucking go. And the whole family threw bows and it brought people together. I'm not saying that the violence to buy the bullshit was okay, but did was it a great way to family bond? It was. And at the end of the day, do you always look at your Uncle Jesse a little bit different? You're like, that was a soldier, man. Yeah, he may have never been to Afghanistan or Kuwait. But you know what? He camped outside of that Best Buy for, for flat screen TVs for like three and a half months. And if that isn't a sacrifice, then I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Dude, the Bratz dolls. Again, Brad Stalls, before my time, I was in college when Brad Stalls came out, but 2003, Brad Stalls, high ticket item. Anything Harry Potter, forget it. But they're saying the number one, Beanie Babies and Tickle Me Elmo. And listen, ma'am, I'm sorry. I, I'm making it about me and these core memories. But yeah, I mean, I love that your husband got up at 4.30 for what? Everything's digital. But sometimes you need that rush. You need that nostalgic rush to put your hands on the toy, to put your hands on the electronics, to, you know, go to Costco, look at the fridges. Do you need a fridge? No. But do you want one just because it's 40% off? Yes. You want to know why? Because the ma- that big man, big pharma, they've, they've tricked us. The fridge on sale is actually the regular price of the fridge. But why is it that we get such a high shopping together? I'm telling you what, I didn't even know that I needed a Costco run today, but I think I'm going to get out of here. I got a Costco exclusive club membership. Yeah, I'm executive platinum at Costco. And I think I'm just going to go. I'm going to see. I'm going to I'm going to gauge from the outside, but I think I might go in there and just buy some patio furniture. I don't need to feel alive. I I'm not even angry. But I might I might tussle with a bitch you know, over some flannel pajamas just to do it. And that's okay. And, you know, sometimes I think you got to get back to your roots in order to turn around and be prepared for the future. That made no fucking sense. But regardless, you're going with it. You know where I'm going. But I love that your husband got up at 4.30, spent all day. He probably just wanted to get away from you for a couple hours. Let's be real. But I love that he needed that nostalgic moment. Maybe he was missing a loved one and he was reminded of the times that he and Uncle Jesse would hang out in that tent together for a couple months. You know, that's why he failed eighth grade and his parents kept saying, you got to go to school. Let Uncle Jesse do what he's got to do outside the Best Buy. It's a little weird. You guys are in that tent together. But regardless, you were like, no, your husband needed that moment because he met Uncle Jesse was actually a great guy. And he said, you know what, honey, you never knew this, but one year Uncle Jesse He got me the PS2. He didn't even keep it for himself. Then your husband slowly sits on the edge of the bed and cries about how much he misses his Uncle Jesse. And you know what? In order to be a good partner and a spouse, you put your arms around your husband. You go, honey, if you want to go fight a bitch in a Costco parking lot, and he's like, I thought you'd never ask. And that's a beautiful moment. I hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode. I love going through these voicemails. You guys, as always, make me laugh my ass off. We've got only a couple more weeks till the end of the year wrapping up. Let me know what's on your Christmas list. Let me know what you're gearing up and emotionally going towards for the other holiday, the biggest holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of it. We're doing the most. I'm here for you. I love you. As always, you can call into the hotline 800-213-7503. I hope you enjoyed this little audible bonus episode. We're also on the YouTubes today. You're welcome. Okay, I, my, my skin is broken out, but I was willing to 
put myself on camera for this bonus one. So I love you. I mean it. I will see you on the next episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. As always, call into the hotline. I'll see you around. Oh, and side note, remember, get your tickets for the shows that are coming up in the spring. I'm back on the road in January. Get your tickets at heatherontour.com. If you need a great gift, that's what to get. Heatherontour.com. I will see you in Australia. I will see you in Florida, Salt Lake City. I'm coming back to Lexington, Kentucky. I'm going to be all over. Get your tickets at heatherontour.com. I'll see you on the next episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. Ciao, Bella. Arrivederci. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.